1: What's going on, everybody? We're back. Sooners Illustrated Podcast, episode 11 on this Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. Josh Calloway, Tom Green, James Jackson, Colin Candy will be along a little later in the weekend. We're going to need him because it's getting crazy in these recruiting streets. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Guys, we are so close to football. Um, OU plays next Saturday. I think it's 11 days, right? Episode 11, we're 11 days away. The good. We are getting stupid close. It, it's it's getting real. Yeah, man, I'm I'm
2: I'm ready to watch some real football. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I I like how we planned this out perfectly and intentionally <laughs> for episode eleven to drop eleven days out from the season, just like we planned when we launched this podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, everything's just that's coming great.
3: together. <laughs> great. At least we get to watch some some high school football this week, so we we'll get Bless. some real football. It, it scratched a little bit there. But, yeah, I mean, good to be well, back.
2: I, there's college games this week, too. It's just Oklahoma. Doesn't start until next week. So it's a little mm-hmm. soft launch. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, wet, wet your appetite a little bit before we uh, kick things off uh, against Arkansas State on September 2nd.
1: Feels good. Yeah, like James said, uh, he and I are both planning to be at Westmore Union on Thursday night. So see a little Mike L. Patterson-McDonald uh, for Westmore. Obviously, oh, OU commit, and Union's got – Devin Jordan, who's an OU Target. So looking forward to that on Thursday night. Um, yeah, we're, we're just about there. It feels really, really nice. Um, so programming note off the top here before we get into fall camp and some other stuff. So I've said like three or four weeks ago, the plan is to do these shows Monday and Thursday. I don't know if we've done a single Monday what since I said that pretty much. Uh, been a lot of Tuesday shows because of just the way the fall camp schedule has kind of fallen. We're planning to get that back on track next week, Monday, Thursday, and that should be pretty much – what you can expect throughout the length of the season. Obviously, the schedule doesn't really change once the season starts as far as press conferences and interviews and things like that. So we should be able to settle into a groove of Monday shows and then Thursday shows later in the week um, to, with Colin do some recruiting and then also obviously make our final kind of statements on the next game or what have you. Um, we also are planning to try and do some sort of a postgame show. It'll be a shorter show. We're still trying to work out the logistics on that, but that is – being planned tentatively so keep an eye out for that as well on either saturday nights or sunday mornings i'll say that'll probably vary depending on kick time things like that um but yeah we're getting really really close so we plan to be back on thursday for you um and after that hopefully back on a regular monday thursday kind of rhythm and routine uh, moving forward which is nice because that's that's the one thing about fall camp compared to the season the season is very regimented it doesn't really move around you can kind of really get into a groove fall camp's a little all over the place so Uh, We appreciate everybody kind of hanging out with us whenever we do the shows. We did a Friday show last week, so but we should get into a normal Monday, Thursday, so you can kind of get your routine down uh, if you're going to be a listener tuning in regularly for us uh, moving forward. So looking forward to that on Thursday. Next week is the first game week, like I said, so fall camp is winding down. This is the last week of fall camp. You get four weeks, and then obviously your game week, so we're... On the home stretch here, we talked to some players last night, four guys, uh, Jaden Gibson, kicker Zach Schmidt, McKay Matoyer, and Billy Bowman. All those interviews are available to be watched on the YouTube channel. Here's some of what those guys had to say. More are coming this evening with both coordinators of to Talk as well as some more players. So you want to continue to make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and be on the lookout for all that. Anything that stuck out from last night? Guys, or you know, going back to over the weekend, obviously practices are continuing to rage on every single week. They kind of like a half scrimmage, it sounded like on Saturday. Um, anything that you guys have been hearing or things that stuck out from last night, fall camp rumblings, if you will. Um, I want to start last night, uh, just those player interviews. Um, you
2: know, spent a good chunk of my time over there, uh, talking to McCade, and you know, it was just interesting hearing a him talk about his comfort level, but playing back at right guard where, you know, he played all but four of his snaps at Cal uh, before transferring to Oklahoma, obviously played left guard last season, shifted back to right guard for the bowl game, and now he's pretty, pretty solidified there as the top guy. Um, but, you know, he, he said he's comfortable playing both positions, obviously. Um, if he were to go back to left guard, he said he'd probably need about two weeks to, you know, settle back in there. But, you know, he's focused on being the guy at right guard. And, you know, the word that really stood out is he wants to be irreplaceable. You know, mm-hmm. he, he wants to be a guy that can, that does not come out of the game. He wants them to have to move the pieces around him. And, you know, him kind of be one of those foundational pieces for that new look offensive line this year. And just li- listen to him talk, talk about, you know, how he kind of spent his off season to, you know, make himself invaluable. Uh, I know he spent a lot of time down in Dallas working with Clint Anderson, who's a former four-year starter at Tulsa as a private offensive line coach. He and uh, Tyler Guyton both trained for a week with Lane Johnson, former Oklahoma left tackle now with the Philadelphia Eagles an all pro guy going into his 11th season, mm-hmm. you know, still comes back to Norman, you know, keeps a home in the area and, trains in the offseason. So they spent a week just around him, obviously picking up some stuff in terms of technique, but also just learning what it's like to kind of prepare and have the mindset to be a pro at that position. Um, So I I was just really impressed with kind of just the approach that he took this offseason to kind of raising his own floor and his value for this team.
3: Yeah, definitely. And as you mentioned, we got to talk to Jaden Gibson as well, and very passionate guy, especially on the aspect of you know, it's, it's mental, where he's at mentally in terms of no longer being a star, you know, when you first get to university and, you know, having to play your role, things change for you mentally. And, you know, he talked a lot about that and how he's battled with it and trying to figure out which way to go. You know, if he says he doesn't get 200 yards a game, is everybody still going to love him the same? And if you're not like, if you're a college athlete on in any, any sport, I think you should go check out what he said and just really see where he's coming from because he explained a lot about the, you know, the mental struggles that some of these star athletes have when they come and now their their whole role has changed. They, they feel like their entire world is different. You know, you, you have a bad game at football. Now your day is messed up. Like you go into class and you got to figure out, yeah. you know, that, but you're focused on football and whatever sports you're playing. And that that was a, a very real interview, that I think, that we got at, at college at the college practice yesterday. That was very intriguing to hear from him pretty much give a he went for like four and a half minutes just uninterrupted on the one question about his his, his mentality and things like that and how he got to this situation and that's a very good listen, especially if you're a college athlete you you can really understand how to get through those struggles and, and you know things like that I, I want to check and see what his major was because I mean he he was very articulate about it he was he was great he seemed like a philosopher or, or psychology or something I don't know he was he was great at it. And he was just speaking from experience, you said he just yeah, it made perfect sense. So if you get the chance, go watch it. It's on our channel. Well, check that out.
2: Yeah, I know it's a different kind of conversation than the one we had at Media Day with Connor Near, but I, I walked away from that with kind of the same the same view of him. Just he sounded very worldly, you know, mm-hmm. wise beyond his ears. Kind of the same same vibe I got from Connor Near when we spoke to him at Media Day. But yeah, I was really impressed with Jaden Gibson. Obviously, he sounds a lot more confident going into year two. Um, and he's a guy that we talked about before. You know, he's six foot five. He's one of the biggest targets that they have out there, so that he can evolve and become a contributor in this offense. That only adds to their arsenal of what they have because um, they don't have many receivers. You know, with his size. Um, so yeah,
3: and it sounds like he's going to be used a lot in that red zone area, like you know, back of the end zone yeah. corner throws. Because Drake Stoops talked about it a lot. That's one of the things he wants to take away from him. Cause that guy can just jump up and get the ball, you know, and it's great at that. That's one of his strengths and, you know, but yeah, go look, listen to that interview. It's really good from him.
1: Yeah. Jane Gibson was fantastic um, mm-hmm. last night. Um, and, you know, and it's crazy because, you know, uh, fair or unfair, I don't know, but the book on him when he came in was maybe a little bit immature um, and that kind of helped him back, you know, at times, maybe last year from having a more immediate impact. So you look at him you know, the frame and the length, I mean, everybody's, you know, just, you know, off the bus guy. As far as that guy, throw him some passes, but mm-hmm. never had much of an impact. Um, spring game had some tough drops. Um, he's become a little bit of a, uh, you know, the fan base is kind of needle him. You know, makes make some jokes about it. he had a really bad drop that would have won the spring game at the end for Arnold. Put it right on the money in the end zone. He dropped it, um, and yeah, him being just so honest uh, was really really refreshing. And you know, we we talked about the receivers last week. I mentioned. You hear nothing but good things about the camp he's had. i am kind of been drinking the Kool-Aid. Laughter well, talking to him yesterday, I, that certainly didn't hurt anything. I continue to he, – he's come a long way. And he, he's a guy that if he continues to think the way that he was talking last night, he's going to get there eventually. If it's not this year, soon. So shout out to him, uh, certainly. He was he was great last night. I wish I could have stayed over there longer. You got to bounce trying to get the other guys. But um, he was awesome. He also stuck around longer than everybody else.
2: Just, oh, forever. I mean, all the guys yesterday, I mean, none of them were in a rush to get out of there. Um, so I, I really do appreciate that, you know, just coming from our standpoint as media, when, you know, those guys, you know, want to stick around and answer one more question or two more questions, you know, off to the side. Um, always really of that. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, in talking to McCade yesterday, uh, something that really stood out. Uh, He was asked about Savion Bird, who's obviously been the guy at left guard in fall camp. Um, He said the biggest difficulty for him really has just been putting on weight and maintaining weight, but it sounds now like he's over 300 pounds. I'm hearing about in the 305 range. Um, So that's good because I know one of the things with Bill Biedenboe is he's wanted Savion to get a little bit bigger, to be able to play guard every down, every game in the Big 12. Um, so it, it it sounds like he's getting there. Now it's just about maintaining weight. Uh McCade said he he's been on him about that, you know, because it it can be hard to keep that weight on when you're not yeah. used to it. Um, especially with you know how much these guys work out, how much they're in the sun out there sweating and stuff. But you know, real promising things it sounds like from uh coming from Savion.
3: And the hype train for Gavin Freeman continues because we we talked to Billy Bowman yesterday. Yeah, he's call, they call him G Freaky apparently.
2: Uh he, he's
3: he's out there on the field and dominating because he was one of the guys that he talked about that's you know surprising him and in, in, in the expectations that he had for him. So I mean Gavin Freeman continues to light it up and you know to yeah. talk deeper about what Billy Bowman said. Just you know, he's had a great camp. He said he's 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 tried to mentor, you know, Peyton Bowen and things like that. So that was that was great to hear because you know, Billy's one of the guys that you expect to be on the field a lot, you know, ninety five percent of the time for this team in on the defensive side. And, helping Peyton get along and kind of said he was guiding him through the struggles that he had when he first got to OU, just kind of helping him with the playbook and things like that. So that was a cool thing to hear. That's one of the guys who's taken on his wing and you expect a lot from, from from Peyton, from, from Bowen anyway. So that's, that's really fun to hear.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we, we know Billy Bowman's going to be on the field a lot for defense. It sounds like he's trying to make a case to be one of the return guys too on special teams. Um, You know, we saw what he could do in that role a little bit last season um, so he, he's pushing for it again. He he just wants the ball in his hands at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he might have to do it by force on the defensive side if, if he's not one of their top return guys this year. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it sounds like it's a role that he's really pushing for and wants to kind of solidify. And then kind, kind of on that note, you know, speaking of special teams, you know, we had a nice conversation with Zach Schmidt, too, who was – Pretty, pretty open about the struggles that he went through last season in his first year as a kicker. He talked about, you know, as the starting kicker rather, yeah. You know, he talked about, you know, just learning to deal with the highs and the lows that kind of come with being a college kicker. You know, obviously those, the highs were, for him was that Iowa state game last year, you know, had, had that trick play touchdown, made a couple of field goals in the first half. I think he outscored Iowa state in the first half by himself. Um, and then, things just kind of unravel over that final month of the season for him. I think he only made four of his nine kicks during that final month, um, including the bowl game. Uh, You know, that West Virginia game was, you know, one that really stuck with him when he, you know, missed a 54-yarder short and then had a 46-yarder off the upright um, in a three-point loss. Um, So he, he, he talked really openly about just learning to, you know, balance out those highs and those lows and realizing that, Every kick is independent of each other, they're not, you know, what he did on his last kick doesn't impact what he's going to do on his next kick. Um, and it sounds like he has really found a good, uh, you know, headspace to deal with that position and kind of
1: the you know,
2: just the rigors that come
1: with it mentally as he's coming into his second yeah. role. Yeah, no, I mean. I don't want to read too much into the fact that he was made available, but obviously that's a spot that people have speculated. You know, is it up for grabs? You know, is he just definitely the kicker coming back from last year after he had those struggles? And I'm not gonna say that it hurts, you know, it hurts him uh that he's being presented available to media. You know, I mean, that's not something that happens that often for specialists like that. So um probably a decent indicator of who the leader in the clubhouse is as far as the kicker spot goes, at least going into the start mm-hmm. of the year. Um, Zach Schmidt and uh, you know I asked him also too. You mentioned Iowa State. He scored. He, he had a touchdown in that game. They had a couple of trick plays. And I asked, you know, trick plays, you know, bring that, bust that back out. And he basically was like, "It's gonna be hard to get away with it this time." Um, I think teams will be more ready for it, so we're gonna have to get get more creative. But uh, but he also I didn't know. want to give anything away. Even
3: if it, if it was, yeah. he wouldn't tell you.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, it's uh, those are the best. was like, you know, also won't give in the Texas game, so it gets kind of forgotten because that was, you know, what it was. But. Yeah. It worked. It got a first down, and then the Iowa State one was just chest kiss. I and mean, He walked into the end zone. It was flawless. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to see more of the same. Why not? So, um, But, yeah, good stuff from last night. Um, yeah, you're right, Tom, on McKay, too. I, I wanted to, to tie up that one real quick. You know, his level of play, you know, has been criticized, and fairly so, um, you know, what he, what he put out there last year. But what you can't argue with is his maturity and his leadership. He is – He's great as far as, uh, I mean, just with us, with the media, but also just you can tell, like, taking younger guys under his wing and, like, helping guys, he, he is, he's a fantastic locker room guy. So um, yeah. you, can't, sure. you can't knock him for that.
2: I was going to say, and, and we, we heard that from Brent Venables before they even opened fall camp. Um, yeah. Like, at media day, he was talking about, hey, you guys are going to see a completely different McCade this year. You know, just from a leadership standpoint, you know, last year he was a role player, an important role player, but he was still a new guy getting used to a new team. And now he's, like you said, kind of taking some of these guys under his wings and, you know, being that mature presence in, you know, what's you know an offensive line that's returning just one guy who started at his position last year in Andrew Ray. So really interesting to see, you know, how things continue to shape out with that offensive line. Um, but he, they all seem pretty confident that they can be as good or better than that unit
1: was last season. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, look forward to it. So there you go. That's uh Leos from fall camp last night. Um, like I said, a lot more coming Tuesday evening um, because we're going to get – we're supposed to have gotten Jeff Levy last night, but the way things kind of shook out, he wasn't able to make it. So the expectations, we're going to get him and Ted Roof and more players. So a lot coming your way uh, to keep an eye out for that this evening on of course the youtube channel and on the website oklahoma.247sports.com the sooner's illustrated podcast we'll be back after this short break okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're winding down on the position breakdowns. Only a couple left, um, obviously, with week one next week. We'll be shifting into full actual game previews and things like that. So we only have a couple of these position breakdowns left to go. Last offensive one is the tight end room. This is a spot that is not – it's kind of in shambles. Um, you have – you brought Austin Stogner in, which you had to do. You had to do. Um, great getting the transfer portal to bring him back. Um, but behind him, you just don't have a lot right now. Kate Helms is banged up. Um, now, he is going to come back this year, it sounds like, which is very good news. Um, but he's banged up for now. Hasn't been practicing movement out there. Um, Jason O'Reilly was banged up during spring. It looks like he's back, though. But, again, he missed his spring. You bring Blake Smith in. He's more of a blocking tight end from Texas A&M. Um, you moved Hayden Bray, a defensive lineman, to your tight end room. You added Josh Vaneu, who was a basketball player at Cameron University in Lawton. That kind of tells you the state of that. I mean, they're really kind of throwing things together. Now you're recruiting really well at that spot, which we've talked about, but as far as Just the current year, the current roster, yeah, give it a year. The current <laughs> roster is in, in a tough spot. You really can't afford much injury to Stogner or anything like that. Um, thoughts, guys, on this group? Because it it doesn't it looks really, really thin on paper. Maybe one of the plan out the way, but on paper it looks it looks to be as thin as any position on the team.
2: Yeah, de- definitely, depth is a concern. I mean, they are very, very grateful to have Austin Stogner back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't think he's as good as Brayden Willis. Yeah, was or will? Or, you know, I don't think he's gonna necessarily put up the kind of numbers that Brayden Willis did as you know, the, essentially the team's number two receiver last year. Um, but he's got experience, um, obviously, at Oklahoma, at South Carolina familiarity with the program, even though it's a new offense for him. Um, And he's a, he's a proven commodity for them, which is really what you need when you're kind of, you know, got a patchwork room the rest of the way. Um, You know, we mentioned Blake Smith as that other guy, you know, he's, he's got some experience. He played three years at Texas A&M, but you know, more of a blocking guy, you know, he had two receptions in those three years totaling one yard and both those came against Auburn last season. Um, And the rest of the room, yeah, I was there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that that was a game I will long remember, but not because of those two receptions. <laughs> um but you know, you, you talked about kind of the rest of that room. I mean, you got a converted defensive lineman, you got uh Hampton Fay, uh yeah. you know, a walk-on transfer from Michigan State, who was a quarterback coming out of high school and just moved to tight end last year. Um, you know, a former D two basketball player and Josh Fanuel, um, and then just younger guys that are either hurt or unproven right now um so it, it's it's a very wobbly situation aside from that top line with Austin Sauger,
3: hey the the quarterback to tight end situation worked for Mr. Dozer. so we won't we won't judge that too much yeah. just yet so we'll, we'll see what happens with we'll see what happens with that but yeah this will be this will be I think the lowest scoring group I think for me uh since we've started this and ending it out so yeah, I mean, it's pretty It's pretty bleak, as Tom just gave out, you know, the rundown of everything. This is this is a pretty limited position, I think. Uh, we talked about competitive depth, depth a lot, you know, throughout this, and it's the group that doesn't have as much, I think, in terms of, you know, guys you expect to make spectacular plays on the field and, you know, get you out of sticky situations and things like that. So that's pretty That's pretty much where we're at right now with the tight ends. Uh, and so, I mean, maybe we'll be surprised and get proven wrong by – by them during the season. But as of right now, that's this is what it looks like. It's a pretty dire situation.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think the most telling thing about the kind of situation with their tight end room was when we spoke to Jeff Levy a week or two ago. And you know he said they want to get Austin Sogner and his conditioning to the point where they can play him 80 to 85 snaps a game.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. They're essentially wanting him on the field all the time. That, I think, is very telling about how comfortable they are with the rest of their depth, especially when it comes to using the tight end as kind of a receiving option because they don't really
1: have that right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Hamp Faye. He has done some nice things, I think, um, in fall camp. Uh, we've heard you know, rumblings that he's made a couple touchdown grabs and things like that. So uh, maybe I will throw another name in there that I forgot to mention earlier. Cade McIntyre is a freshman. Um, he was kind of a do it all guy at, in his uh, in high school in Nebraska, decided to play offense and the opportunity is there. Cause I mean, this room it, essentially it boils down to on the most simple level. It needs one guy, at least behind Stogner to just have a breakout year. I mean, essentially and to, to surprise everybody, whether mm-hmm. that's McIntyre or Faneuil or, you know, Blake Smith becomes more of a passing threat than he's been something. They need something. Um, Jason Newellin, who's again, kind of, I mean, not not to the ex, extent of Blake Smith, but has been kind of dubbed more of a blocking tight end. You know, Caden Helms to come back healthy and be great. They need somebody to surprise. Maybe Cade McIntyre could be that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that that's a good point. I'm glad you brought up Faye. Cause I mean, I don't think any of these guys are out of the question as being, I don't, I would roll anybody out as far as a possibility. Right. So.
3: And, we, and we were pretty down on, you know, the receiver group before we talk to them and things like that, and from what we've heard, I don't think our scores have gotten any higher. Talking to you know about the tight ends, we have not really talked to them no, per se. Just this really. Stogner so far, but yeah, I mean, I don't think we what we've seen or heard so far is going to raise any scores, you know. But hey, sure. you, wait next year, wait just wait one year. Yeah. There's, there's some guys coming, so yeah, it's uh, not yeah, it's be not
1: all you know great on deal. Joe John Finley. Um, he is recruiting really well. I mean, Devon Mitchell is a behemoth, uh, a behemoth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've talked about Nate Roberts. I'll say he's in good shape there, you know, potentially. Uh, and just a couple years ago, the tight end room was loaded uh, with Braden Willis and Jeremiah Hall, and Stogner was on the team then too. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of the way it shook out, they ended up with injuries and things like that. they kind of ended up in a little bit of a tough spot. They did a great job bringing Stogner back. They Think about what this room would be if they didn't do that. So great job to do that. And I'm not necessarily saying that Stogner's not going to be good either. He I think he's actually going to be quite good, but Braden Willis, freaking nature. I mean, weight room Willie for a reason. I mean, he, Brent, he was Benable's favorite he was one of his favorite players. He, yes, he was insane. Um, as far as just an athleticism standpoint, and all that. So that's a high bar to try and live up to that. I don't think Stogner is just there athletically, and he's gonna be good, but that's a high bar to do what Braden Willis did last year. So um, with that said we we'll are go to and do the scores. I have no clue who's starting. Who's starting? You're up. I'm starting? <laughs> yeah. Dang. All right. Well, um, yeah, like James said, this is going to be my lowest score. Um, now, it would have been even lower if Caden Helms was out for the year. But Brent Venable said he's going to be back. So that bumps it up a little bit for me because I, I happen to think Caden Helms will be pretty good. He just has to be healthy. Um, but still low. Uh, 4.5 uh, mm. for me. Um, it's just – yeah, I mean, it, it could end up not being that much of an issue. If Stoddard can actually play 80, 85 snaps a game and that doesn't kill him and he um, is, you know, productive, then it probably end up being fine. But if he gets injured and he's battled injuries in the past, um, it's going to be dicey as far as having an actual legitimate passing threat option. Jeff Lee likes to use his tight ends, too. He likes it a lot. We saw yeah. that last year, so... Yeah, 4.5 for me. It's a thin, thin group for all the reasons we just said. Going to going to need to prove it. We'll see how it happens. I think, Tom, you're next.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a five, and I think that's being a little generous. Um, again, I think Austin Stogner is, is going to be good. I think he's, he's proven that he's a capable pass-catching tight end, um, and he's proven that at Oklahoma too. Um, but he's not going to be Braden Willis. Um, I, I don't think they, right now, as the room is currently constructed, have what they really want that tight end position to be. Um, and, and just the questions of death behind him are just way too big. I mean, Blake Smith is your number two, but can he be a receiving tight end that they want? Um, I, know, I know he made that impressive catch during the spring with game. The you know, we, we, yeah, with, with a club with on the his club. hand. Um, you know, we've heard he's making strides there, but until I see it out on the field that he can be counted on to be kind of that number two tight end behind Stogner, I have, you know, pretty big concerns about the depth of this room. Um, but yeah, a five.
3: Yeah. I'm, I, when, I, when I do these podcasts, the one thing I always should keep in mind is I owe the OU fans nothing but honesty. And honestly, I I, I like where Tom is at on this. I think it's a five as well. Uh, given the number, and that's because Austin talker's on this roster. I mean, if he stays healthy, I think that's exactly where they'll be at, yeah. and that's what you hope for is is for him to be healthy. And you know, you Caden know, Helms coming in, and you know, helping that out as well if they're both healthy. That's a five. I think it's a good a good place for them. You know, it could it could be a lot worse. I mean, things could happen and that you don't want to see, and you know, it could be a lot different. But as of right now, with everybody there, I think it's a five, and I, honestly, that's where I believe they are right now. So. That's pretty much it. Yeah,
1: you know, so going to be you know a, a big question mark going into the season, and we'll see. Maybe we'll get to the end of the year and be like, "Wow, we were way off." Tight ends end up being a strength, and who, who knows? You know, so we'll we'll see how things go. But yeah, Logan, uh, I, I would love to be wrong. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Um, Devon Mitchell, come on down. Uh, that's basically how we're feeling about that. Um, so that's the tight ends breakdown. One position left. And it's on the total other end of the spectrum, the safeties. That's going to get a high number.
3: If not uh, the top, the highest. It's not, it might not be. the highest. It Josh might is be. going to it's an right up on this one. It's going to be high. <laughs> um,
1: we'll do safeties on Thursday. Loaded group. And that's only been reinforced this this fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that, that group has been killing it. Um, so, talking about that on Thursday. Um, some recruiting stuff on the way out here. Obviously, like I said, we'll have Colin on Thursday. Um, and he will go really in-depth on David Stone. We're going to we get rid of the weeds on that, about 48 hours ahead of his commitment. Um, but we'll talk about him a little bit on the show here. Let's first do Andy Bass, though. Um, so Andy Bass committing on Thursday, Thursday morning Thursday at morning. Heritage Hall High School. James and I are planning to be there, um, three-star athlete. Obviously, he's a quarterback at Heritage Hall. He's expected to be probably a running back at OU, but it's kind of open-ended. It's kind of just... Football player. That's like his position is just player because um, he's <laughs> going to be kind of used a little, little everywhere, wherever they need him, kind of a thing. Um, All purpose. Now it's coming on Thursday. It's OU, Syracuse, Kansas State. We've talked about this several times, but he's coming Thursday morning. James, you've had a good relationship with uh, with Bass throughout this process. Obviously, Collins had a crystal ball in for a while. I think that you've uh, from conversations that you and I have had that you feel pretty good about where OU sits here. Kind of thoughts on yeah, how everything's going on Thursday?
3: Yeah, I, I think if there was to put a crystal ball, I'd, I'd put a crystal ball in right now on, on Andy Bass going to OU. I think that's a a pretty uh, good situation for him, and he's close to home, and everything is paid for. Even though it's a it's a walk on offer, it's still paid for within NIL and everything like that. So mm-hmm. can't really go wrong, and you get to play with your you know former teammate and Gavin Freeman, things like that, and pretty, pretty much kind of the same spot uh in terms of wide receivers sometimes jumping in their slot and playing running back here and there. Just a guy that, you know, everything can can work out for him. I think the next next school up was like Syracuse, but it's you know it's it's far out there. It's New York almost. So it's like that's yeah. you don't want to stay closer to home and, and and you know be around your people. And I think OU's the, the team's been talking with him the most and and done great things with him. So really like where OU sits with Andy Bass right now as he's just a couple of days away from his commitment. And I'm sure we'll get a lot more talking of him on Thursday as well, along with, with with David Stone. So, good stuff coming from Andy Bass. Good stuff coming from. And if we may even live stream it on this YouTube channel, see what the fans think. See if they'll leave a comment down below and let us know. Would you want to see that on this channel? Like that, we'll we'll happily oblige if we need to.
1: For sure. Yeah, so obviously we talked about it last week. We were at the scrimmage in Carl Albert last week. Harris Hall was there, and any Bass was just running over dudes. Um, I know there's – I think there's – it's a small group. I think the group is going to be smaller. But there's a small group that's kind of like, you know, a, a PWO for an OKC kid. Like, you know, how much should we care? And I, I – James and I are telling you, this, this kid can play. He can't. <laughs> um, I promise you he can So – um, here's
3: the here's the thing yeah. too. Him and him and Gavin raced in high school back when they were there together, and obviously Gavin won that one. But now, when you look at their times, these are track times. Andy Bass is now faster than Gavin Freeman was at this time uh, mm. when Gavin Freeman was in high school. So that shows you the type of speed that this guy has.
1: That's the thing too. You know, Andy Bass is is huge. He is ripped, and, and Gavin guy. Freeman is ripped now, mm-hmm. but he wasn't like that. I was at Gavin Freeman signing. He was way smaller than he is now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, get Andy Bass into the Schmitty.
3: I can he's only gonna, imagine. He's gonna be a
1: monster. He's gonna be a monster. So I
3: yeah. could definitely see him being like a strength and conditioning coach after this. After his whole <laughs> career is all said and done, like it sounds like it's right up his alley, man. I
1: can see it. I can see it. So yeah, uh, he's coming Thursday morning. It's 9:45 is the time of that ceremony. And like I said, James and I are both planning to go over there. So keep an eye out for uh, obviously the news when he makes his decision. On the website, but also then the YouTube channel. We should have his commitment ceremony and um, you know interview with him afterwards. Things like that, and then we're going to record the next pod on Thursday afternoon. So then we we'll to talk about it uh, fresh, just happened. So that's coming up on Thursday. Elsewhere, coming up on Saturday, David Stone. Uh, this has been building for literally years. It's been, I mean, you talk about a saga, a saga. Uh, <laughs> David Stone's <laughs> recruitment going all the way back when he's at Dell City. Seagulls IMG Academy in Florida. If you're a VIP subscriber, you've been up to date. And Colin Kennedy, our own, has been all over this. He's been doing he's been on top of this in the last, especially the last week or so, as good as anyone, maybe probably better than anyone. He's been all over. He was in Nashville to talk to David after IMG's season opener against Lipscomb. Um, and he has been Every ins and out of this decision. It sounds like it's OU or Miami going into Saturday. Um, Obviously, the pressure here is high for a lot of reasons for OU. Um, Even more so after what Williams-Nawari decided to do. Um, This is a guy who's in Oklahoma. OU's been considered like the leader or at least among the leaders for literally multiple years. And now he's making his decision on Saturday. Um, guys I not especially get as into the weeds obviously as as Colin we'll, we're going to get into a lot of that in, in and the ins and outs so and how he's feeling on Thursday but just I guess put in perspective how big this is going to be uh, on Saturday one way or another this is either going to be a big moment for OU recruiting or a painful one it's going to be a uh, opposite ends of the spectrum one way or another on Saturday
2: yeah I mean I mean it's definitely huge You're you're talking about a guy who is from just down the road from campus. Obviously, he goes to IMG now, which is just a football yeah. factory, um, just churning out four stars, five stars left and right. Um, number six overall recruit in the 2024 class in the in our composite. Um, you know, talking to Oklahoma's assistant coaches at media day before fall camp, you know, several of them who have either played in or coached in the SEC at some level talked about, you know, just the process of kind of getting Oklahoma in a position to where it's ready for the SEC next season and what that transition is going to be like. And part of that is recruiting at an SEC level along the line of scrimmage. And mm. David Stone is one of those guys that can be a foundational piece to help you get to where you need to be on that defensive line. Um, so if they get him, that is absolutely huge for the future of this defensive line. Um, obviously they got other targets there that are, you know, pretty big names, high priority guys too, but you're talking about, you know, like we were talking about last week, a top five player in this class, top six player in this class, a guy that can be a difference maker as you make the move to the SEC.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and he's, I mean, he's committing on a major network where a lot of people are just really going to be tuned in to watch it anyway. He's doing it at halftime of his game. And so, you know, whoever he picks is going to get some buzz just from that, just, He's doing it on that platform and things like that. and I mean, just thinking about it just all the years ago when I first saw him going out to the Dale City High School just to see uh, what was going on with him. And their coach was like, yeah, I got the number one defensive lineman in the nation. He's, he's like a <laughs> freshman and sophomore. I was like, all right, coach, come on. let me All right, let me go look at him and see. And I I tell you not that, he was already ready then. Like, he's been this big and, and, and powerful since then. Like, this is a guy that's, uh, you you've all seen his highlights. You've all know what kind of what his what his skill sets are, what his assets are. He's that guy. He's been that guy for a very long time. Talking to him and talking to his old little league coach, thinking of, you know things like that. I've, I've spoken all around him a bunch. You know, I asked him a couple times, and when he was you know just walking around see City games after his IMG Academy, Academy days, coming back just to see his old team and stuff like that, and you know talking with him. I mean, this is a Oya's been in the mix for a very long time for him, and so it would be a bummer if they don't. Getting because it, it's it was so much effort put into put into it, you know. I think even didn't Jeremy McCoy get involved a little bit as well, like on this? And he's
1: been all over him.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, so like this is like everything that the OU's everything they wanted to do is is putting everything they had into him, and so it'll be a bummer, you know. And if they get it, this is going to be the foundational piece. For the defensive line as they go into the SEC because he's a guy that's gonna bring more guys. Xavier Robinson said that. I mean, they've they said that a lot. This is the guy that you want. And every time we've talked to a different recruit about after they committed who you want next, who who you going after, David Stone is the name they come up with. I mean, that's the guy mm-hmm. that everybody wants. He's that good. So this is it 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 would be a bummer if they don't get him. This is the get this is the get the have to get for OU. This is the have to.
2: Yeah, and, and regardless of whether it's Miami or whether it's Oklahoma on Saturday. I have little doubt that Oklahoma is still going to put together an incredible 2024 class, but like you said, he's the type of guy that guys want to play with. Mm-hmm. Talent attracts more talent. Five stars want to play with five stars. You land a guy like him, it's obviously going to help you so much more in shoring up the rest of that class.
3: You got Jackson Arden on the other side, and if you get him, you got him on the defensive line. You got you got Peyton Bowen in the safety room. I mean, like that's yeah, the foundation. Yeah, this is the yeah, foundational pieces you stars, need. Yeah. That people are going to want to come play at Oklahoma. Now you're in the SEC. You're the, the conference everybody wants to be in. You're going to be going against the top schools, top teams. It's exactly what you need. So, I mean, hey, he's he's the one you got to get, I think.
1: Yeah. And like we talked about last week, you want to maybe try to hopefully flip Williams and Wary back. Dave Stone could really help with that, too. Exactly. So, yep. yeah, it's going to be huge. Um, you know, we're nothing if not honest, obviously. Everybody knows we're going to say it like it is on this show. I think people have realized that. Um, Mm -hmm. on our VIP boards and we don't sunshine pump by any means. If I felt good about it, I would tell you, I don't feel bad about it either. It's like, it it really feels like 50, 50. I I have no idea. It really does. It's, it's, it's how it's going. I mean, going off what Colin has reported and again, he's been all over it. So if you're not a VIP subscriber, you're missing out on a lot of the context to this, um, this decision, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, Saturday. I'm going to, I think, uh, I mean, we'll see how things shake out before Saturday, but uh, as of right, if he was committing today, I'd be tuned in just staring at the TV, waiting for a hat to come out because I, I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, like I said, emotions are going to range really high one way or another on Saturday. And again, you're going to want to tune in on Thursday's show because we're going to get Colin in. Again, he's been all over it. So I'm going to get all his feel. He's going to present all the context, all that. And we're going to get really uh, in depth on. David Stone's decision by that point, just about 48 hours ahead of his, uh, Mm in making that a public at verbal commitment. So you're going to want to tune in on Thursday. All right. I think that's it for us. Good show. Like I said, back on a regular schedule of Monday, Thursday, hopefully moving forward, starting with Thursday's show. We are scary close to the season. It's fantastic. Again, keep out a look later for more fall camp interviews with uh, the coordinators and more players. These guys have been all over pumping out stories and content constantly, and uh, Colin's been crushing it on the recruiting side. So come a VIP subscriber pronto for all the latest from Norman and on the recruiting trail as well. Anything left for you guys to get off your chest? So we sign off till Thursday.
3: I think I'm good. I, I, it was a I got a passionate speech. About days, opportunity. So I'm good.
2: I, I just <laughs> want to say I, I'm really proud of James for not putting a decimal in his score today.
1: Josh, I appreciate you. you. Got to work on it.
3: Uh, I almost said 5.0 just to just to <laughs> put it in there.
1: <laughs> there you have it. One more position to go, safeties. We're going to end on a high note. That's going to be a nice, nice, juicy number. So look forward to that on uh, on Thursday. That's it. We'll see you on Thursday for the next edition of the Sooners Illustrated Podcast. with Tom Green and James Jackson, I'm Josh Calloway. We'll catch you guys at that.